Welcome to the Hot Young Designers Club podcast. I'm Rebecca Plum, your big sister. And I'm Sean Serha, your GBF. We're not that hot or that young. But we believe it's a state of mind that helps us build adaptable and profitable businesses. We rely on the support of our design besties to get through each day. So let's explore the emotional, practical, and humorous sides of being interior designers. Welcome to the club. Happy New Year, Sean. Happy New Year, Rebecca. It's 2023 up in here. Is it 2023 and me? <laughs> no? I think maybe that's my... We got our DNA <laughs> test. Maybe that's going to be my well, motto for the year. 2023 and me. <laughs> I can't believe it's 2023, actually, but... I'm... I I can. I mean, I have to. I have to get to terms with it. So, howdies. We hope you enjoyed some holiday rest and revival. Some peace of mind. Maybe you deleted a bunch of junk mail. Maybe you got rid of a bunch of photos you didn't use in anticipation of the new year. Maybe you didn't get out of your jammies for days in a row. Watched, Watched a lot of shows. A lot of shows. Emily in Paris. Is that? Yeah. Is that again? How many more are they going to do? Yeah. It's is it like Sex in the City? They're just going to do it in forever until? Until she's 60 years old. <laughs> and, and just like that. And she's just like 60? that, Emily in Paris. Yeah. <laughs> um, so here we are. I, I love. It's How new, do you feel about a new year? Like New year, same me. New year, same old shit. Yeah, like you're not, <laughs> I mean, I can't imagine you're like a new year resolution. I'm not a resi guy. person. I'm not a, oh my God, everything changed now. I'm, I'm definitely like a continuity growth in incremental steps type of person. But I do love a clean break. And even if we weren't changing years, just the fact that like I did like a Christmas break makes me feel re-motivated. Like I had a breather. And I think that's what's so exciting about the end of the year. Yeah, I love a tabla rasa. Like just love like... Give me a reset, please. Yeah, like like, I love pushing the reset button. Even if it doesn't mean anything like really, but it does like emotion. Yeah. It's a state of mind thing to go, okay, but none of that matters anymore because that's last year. Yeah, we're starting over. Those are last year's bills. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Those have been written off already. That's last year's money that was spent. Now... It's last year's projects. We don't need to think Those about are last them year's clients. Time to get on to the <laughs> new year's clients. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm not like a resolution person, but there are things that I like to track. Yeah, I have like a weird like numbers thing sometimes where I like to pay attention to like incremental growth or like track certain things. So I like it. I'm ready for the new start. I'm ready for a new year. I'm ready to see a lot of like the groundwork that went in in 2022 coming out in 2023. I'm ready for everyone to like, this is our chance to get our shit together. Like, there's always a chance to do that, but this is that time. There's like a bootstrapping energy out. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm going to grassroots this. Like, I'm going to Bernie Sanders AOC this year. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so, yeah, what's going to happen? What's happening? We've got 
new January download available in our HYDC resources. We do. And I think, I don't know, I think it's like a good one to get motivated to get some more structure in your business, kind of like up level, get some help, stop doing things that don't bring you joy. Yeah. And we, it's, it's built around different approaches to having a team and based off of not every hottie has the same background that Rebecca and I have in hiring, interviewing, screening, gut instincts, like, but we have backgrounds in past roles in our careers where we have had a lot more of that. So the perspective we look at uh, is different than what maybe other hotties who've never had to do any of that or never been on the other side of it. So the download is built in a way that everyone can approach it and we can help tackle different questions depending on your own journey with hiring. Yeah, and just like get some of the practical stuff out of the way so you can just pay attention to, to the person. The person and the skills. Mm-hmm. So that's don't worry if you're thinking oh shit, this is written to an up level. It's not. It's definitely approachable whether you're a first looking at a first hire or a first contractor or you're several in and you're like, what the fuck am I missing? Like, yeah. can I get some extra help, please? Without <laughs> yeah. hiring like an HR firm to help And you. making it easier. Yes. So on that, like, we can do hard things. Yes. Topic. You know, just a light little one for the new year. (laughs) Well, I think something I'm sure, I mean, I would think maybe I'll venture to say 100% of us want to make more money this year. I will never turn down more money. Like, Is there anyone out there listening? If you are, please tell us that you're like, no, I don't need to make any more money. People love Money making opportunity. Like rich people are like, wait, more? Okay. Like we're like, no, I'm good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The only limiting factor is Actually, time. I think and I made too much last year. Actually, you know, no, it's just it's so much. Because to do. Yeah. You would just take the opportunity to make more and then you would give some of them away or do something of good with it if you really felt like you had too much. I mean, yeah, I would I don't know what that position would feel like, but I would happily try to experiment with it if someone wants to help me out like so i think the first step in making more money is you just have to be comfortable talking about it and asking for it yes what is your if you gave us the little cliff notes of this what is your past journey like a snippet of talking about money with clients, like set the stage for the hotties. Discomfort for sure. Definitely money story issues, which we've talked about in the past. Yeah. Your own personal money story. My own personal money story. And I feel like there's like, I don't, I mean, I know this is a lot of American culture and my personal family raising is like, you don't talk to people about money. Like Mm -hmm. it's like rude. Rudeness. That's private information, which in most circles it still is. Yeah. But this is a totally different relationship we have with our clients. So I had to get over it. I'm not saying I'm 100% 
an expert or like yeah have some swagger around it but i have a lot more comfort from just getting over it and doing it because like the biggest realization to me is it's not learning how to talk about money like our whole business is money talk like yeah it's just it you is you're not going to get away from it and if you do or you hide from it you're going to get screwed or you're fortunate enough to have someone else join or be on your team who does it for you. Well, that's the, that's I like love the, that. I would love that, but that's not that for me. My business, rent set in tears is just not in that place right now. Like, I'm still going to have, like, my own personal money story. It wasn't like I've always had confidence talking about money. We didn't always grow up. I didn't grow up with it. We didn't always have everything we wanted. Like, same environment where it's like we don't ask people that it's also rude if we notice like someone got a nice gift you wouldn't say like that must have been expensive like that was like a just just shut up like don't you don't talk about it the change came working my banking career for 13 years where it's like no this is literally the thing you have to talk about with people like it's the actual product that's the job of being like a teller as my first job was like literally having to ask people like Talk to me about how your account became overdrawn because I might have a way to help you fix it or avoid it. And so that's awkward. It's, it is awkward, but... But it's also like the product you're selling was money. Yeah. Where so like we, we have a very up. transactional industry that we are in, but our, pro- our end product isn't money. It's the service we provide or the furniture we sell. In connection with the money. But the money is very much tied to it. So it's easy, yeah. I guess, to try to like, dodge and leave your way around it yes but not recommended no not at all well because it's going to come up and the if we lack or show lack of confidence in it then our clients start to get worried too and they feel like they need to take back over the conversation or the goals or the priority and i think the more confidence that we can display around handling budget and investment conversations, the the more like trust that we build with the client that we do know how to help them with these decisions. And we do know where to splurge and where to save. And the quicker we get at being able to have these conversations without awkwardness or disclaimers, the faster the actual work of what we're trying to do comes. Like we can get back to the sofa now. We can get back to the wallpaper now. We can get yeah, because I think that's it. the thing is like if you're nervous talking about money, what you're not, not I'm okay, I'm not being accusatory, but what <laughs> I wasn't really realizing is the client, that's what they're thinking about most likely. Oh, yeah. So Even if they're not saying it. It's the elephant in the room that becomes huge and awkward if uh-huh. no one acknowledges it. It's the phrase is there because that means that's really awkward that no one's talking about this and it's sitting yeah, like we're there designing in the my whole house but we haven't talked about my budget yet <laughs> right like, when are we gonna do but, that oh i guess you're or just making assumptions that we're all on the same page and the client is gonna be right like whatever their assumptions are are the ones that are yeah like happen. i i thought we were spending forty thousand on this bathroom that must be what we're spending and then that's meanwhile, all i'm spending meanwhile i'm imagining a hundred thousand dollar remodel or something like yes. yeah we have to get aligned Whatever the client decides they're spending is what they're spending. I mean, we can sell and guide and do a lot of things, but ultimately they make the decision. 
Yeah. So we need to find they that write the information out. Yeah. Early. And it's also as I, my discovery is the earlier we start that in our entire process, the better. Okay. So I have, yeah, I have thoughts about that. Okay. So this is something that I think is uh, there's not a wrong answer on like, I think we talked about this when we were talking about our discovery, like our client discovery process. Maybe we just oh. talked about it internally, but like, do you put the budget ranges? Do you request that in your initial cold call inquiry? Mine, form? D- mine does. And I think yours doesn't. Mine doesn't. But when is the first time they hear you ask or reference something about investment range or money? The first time I talk to him. So like consultation or discovery call. Yeah. Okay. Now. So it still comes up, even if the very, like for me, it's literally, it could literally be the first time they think they're going to reach out to me. That form to schedule the discovery call has it. Yeah. And that's the philosophical syllabus. Philosophical? No, you're right. Yeah. Philosophical um, debate. Do you screen out people or do you bring them all in and then vet or recategorize them? Yeah, because you're you're starting the filtering one step later than what I am. Right. And I and that's also because I have services that may fit more price ranges. Yeah. And I purposely, God, we'd have to go back a lot of episodes, but like they're there are purposeful discussions in our episodes where I talk about wanting to screen that because I want to start higher. So it's not like one is right or one is wrong. I purposely built mine to have fewer consultations, fewer designer on call, fewer virtual stuff. Like it's just doesn't, it just doesn't get the juices flowing for me. Yeah. And I have, and I think some, and you and other, many other designers have told us they really get enjoyment out of that and they like the, the faster gratification of that compared to full service or remodeling. I do. And the more that I think about it and do it, the more I realize it's also a way for me to be accessible to my community. Like I have pretty large following in my city. I know a lot of people in my city and it's a way for me not to just say no to like because yeah, they're not going to hire they can't or won't be able to hire you for full most service most people can't yes but they want help and you can provide it and they want a little bit of access or like feeling like they're getting some yeah razzle dazzle a little flim flam a little, a little soft shoe <laughs> A little know, jazz hands. Rebecca's new jazz tap trio. Follow me uh, on TikTok for all of my dance moves. <laughs> Just kidding. Like, yeah, you'll think, never see. So I don't know. I don't think there's right or wrong. I don't think there's right I or think or the wrong. difference is like, are, do you, what when do you, when do you want to have that conversation if you're trying to get to a certain client? Yeah. So something that I've definitely had to like get practice doing is having that conversation at the jump. Yeah. We used to use, I don't know if you have a phrase or something you use, but in the, at the, in banking, this was something that like when I was even in like learning and development and all of this, like every level would have to learn some sort of like permission statement of like, okay, my role, like if it was a banker, like it was like, my role as a banker is to help you solve problems, identify financial needs. And to do that, I'm going to have to ask you some questions and talk about your money. And it's, and then literally it would be, is is that okay or can we get started? Because you're about to it's log like in. Consensual. Yeah, it's like, 
I I have to do this. I can't help you fix an overdraft, a missing check, a whatever. Like I have to have permission to go in and talk to you about these things and ask questions, look at your accounts. And I think it works maybe less formalized, but in the same way of great design is beautiful and all about aesthetics. And I want to create a really gorgeous home for you. I also need to talk to you about money because it's a thing and it exists. So can we talk about that a little bit? I honestly think that is the more that I've done it and the longer I've done it, I feel like it is a big relief for them. Like where you're doing your client client or the potential client a service by getting that conversation out of the way because they feel better too. They know this is going to cost a shit ton of money. Like no matter what they, they think that did, is. They probably didn't reach out sooner because of that question. Yeah. I mean, they may think $5,000 is a shit ton of money or 500,000, but it's still like they're worried about what that number is going to be because everyone knows designers are expensive. I'm or- always imagining spouses when they're like on the discovery call together. And then I say a project that's like what you described is 150,000. I am still seeing them staring across at each other on speakerphone with their eyes bugging out and like mouthing words to each other. Like, I know that families are going, oh, like, what? But you've all, but I've also had those conversations and had people, and I'm like inwardly thinking, like, oh shit, I'm going to give them a big number. And oh. they're just like, well, eh, sounds okay. about, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Like, well, actually, that's, that sounds about Our right. Our neighbor said they did da 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 da, and we really like that. Or like you get, so you just have to take the emotion and the preconception out of it, and just mm-hmm. make it super transactional. Pretend whatever you need to pretend your widget is that you're selling or you're talking about. Make it something like it doesn't have to be. We're just talking about kittens, like whatever. <laughs> like put some, I don't know, like get some like swagger behind it. I feel like does kind of help. Like, oh. This yeah, is what big, fake it till you make This it. is what big girls do. Like we just talk yeah. about it like it's not a big deal and it's very matter of fact. This is all it is. Because it's it not- is ultimately to them like it's if you go into Target like that or, thing costs 29 is, Tylenol bottle is 5.25 pay up and then they're like, "Oh, okay." Like either they do or they go, or, "Oh, I'm putting that back and that's why the register is cluttered up with the <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's and that's so I feel like that's the part that I it's not that I treat it flippantly. I don't want anyone to think like, oh, after 13 years working in banking, it's so easy, but like Blase. We I yeah, you started with like the college students who were like me in college who were like, I just got my one hundred dollar paycheck from Payless Shoes. Can I I need this money right now? I owe money to people. And then Five dollars is a lot of money to pay for something when you only make a hundred. And then all the way up to the end of my career, where I was in wealth management group, where we were we're talking about tens to hundreds of millions for people. Like, and then you just say like, how much is that in there? Oh, the ten. And you just use the word ten oh. when you really mean ten mil. Oh yeah, and like wires would frequently be followed by like five, six, seven, you know, eight zeros. You know, because people literally people were wire transferring money to buy eight-story buildings. Like, that's the type of stuff that was going on. So, like, money is just a... It's just a thing. It's just a number. It has no evil and no ill intent and no maliciousness to it. It's... That's all our baggage we bring with money. Very much. So, I think, like, my persona around it now is I try to take the charge out of it and not have an 
opinion on whether the number I'm giving feels expensive, high, low, like it's just a number, but with a modicum of respect, like I'm also not being flippant and like, it's nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Like if I'm like to every family, I don't know what money means. Like at a consultation, I'm like, okay, well, I'm spending your fictitious money right now, but I would take this out and do this. And if I was really not worried about any of that, then yeah, I do use the, a fantasy. I do use that in to sort of relieve the pressure where I say, well, if money wasn't an issue, this wall really bothers me. Yeah. And then sometimes they're with me, you know, and then I'll and I'll say, if I had to pick a priority because you tell me money is this window bothers me more than this wall or, and I think it, that's the, let's keep it real with clients where they understand that they then can use a similar language back with us of, I would love that. That needs to go in the nice to have stack though, because I'm worried that all this other stuff in my need to have pile is going to eat the investment. And is there a way to create line items or phases or separation? And there, there is sometimes like, yeah. And there's also, I think, so the other part that I think is sometimes a little bit of a game, especially I feel like with the husbands yeah, is the like game of chicken with like, okay, so what is your budget for this kitchen and bathroom renovation? Uh-huh. And they like, Oh, we want to spend about a hundred thousand. Okay. You described a project that's probably double that. I don't know if we're going to be able to get to those, but like it's possible, but it just depends on all the finishes and all the things, but yeah. it's what you fall in love with. Tight. Yeah. So that's the next step then is to like get further into the numbers game. So like yeah. I have this coming up where I'm bringing in a contractor to just do like a high level walkthrough with them. Here's Here's what we talked about. Talk high level numbers before I start designing something they can't afford. Yeah. So the game is, Hey, you threw out that number husband. Is that your like first gambit? Like, yeah. Are we negotiating? Do you think you're negotiating with me (laughs) or or, is that the end of, I'm sure you're not giving me every available penny. No. What is the end of the, And I do at multiple stages ask people, I'm like, okay, so I just need to ask again, is that the last number or what are we like? Yeah. And then they're like, well, and I'm like, you guys, I am literally designing your kitchen off of that number. And I've, I've done the whole. And you don't like it because it's missing. I've done the whole $40,000. This design concept I'm showing you is us not touching your windows, the walls, the locations of structural stuff. Like I've literally done that concept because people gave me a number. And I said, if that is it, I will need to stay within these constraints. And I'm going to design your new kitchen and dining room around that. And they see that concept and they go, this doesn't solve all of our problems. And I said, yes, because you gave me a budget that does not allow for those things to happen. And then they're disappointed and they're frustrated. They're not in love. There's no, like, it's not the like way they thought they would be spending 150,000. Because they're not ready to spend 10 grand on structural engineering because they're not ready to spend the additional materials cost for 10 more linear feet of cabinetry that we need. Like that hurts a design if I don't have the real number. So I usually at multiple stages come back and ask people, how has the budget changed? Where is, what else 
you know, what other constrictions are there? Is there, is this the end of the line? Even if I don't, even if the answer is still going to be no, or there are, there are no changes, I, I keep bringing it up because I think they see stuff they want and they don't so see So do it. you ever do that in a visual format? Because I feel like there's a lot of um, parties who would hear, okay, I could do more if I had more budget, but they don't really know if that's going to be actually valuable versus if you had shown like, okay, here's just, here's the like supersized version with the pantry because we moved this wall. Like that, a multiple concept. Yeah. Cause now, yes. and I don't have a firm number on that, but I would guess like I would expect for it to be another 25. I do. So I know every designer is different, right? But like I've heard from designers who are like, well, I only show my like best and final concept. I only ever show them the dream concept. I don't have that rapport with my clients where I come in and I say, you, you told me this is what you wanted to spend. And now I've designed you a million dollar home. Like, I'm sorry. Million dollar kitchen. That to me feels irresponsible. To me, it feels irresponsible. Because you didn't give them what they asked for at all. Right. And I'm setting myself up for a fight about my design fees. So I feel like there's a limit. There's a margin you can push within where someone says, I have $150,000 to spend on this kitchen. And if I maybe have some upgrade options that are in my, this would be gorgeous option. There's a margin I think you can play within. I don't think there's a set number for that. Especially if they're getting charged by the hour for your right. like fantasy expedition. Like that feels like I'm going to have to backtrack hours where someone says, I literally told you that's the cap of our budget. And I me- I actually meant that. Yeah, now I'm pissed. And now I'm angry because you spent forever designing a $300,000 kitchen and I can't do any of that. And so it's great, but what a waste of my money. So... For me, what I will usually do is I do conceptual stage where we have initial thoughts on materials and finishes and layouts and like how many pieces. And I will say, here's an option that I believe is in, you know, this low to high range. Here's another concept that this is going to be in this to this range conceivably. I'm not asking you just what you like and to point out materials and say, yeah, I like that idea. You also need to be aligned with that budget point that goes with it. Because you said you wanted to explore options or you told me you wanted to see what the best layout could be. Or the different functionality and use they wanted, but it doesn't fit in their current footprint. Or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. Like... We had a client that she they just wanted new fixtures put into their bathroom, but but they but the wife really loves taking tub soaks. Like she doesn't shower; she only is in the tub. She, she doesn't, doesn't shower. shower. Not like it's like her. She's like tub life for life. So we realized if we bumped into the next room and like bumped out the closet, a tub. it would fit like this really amazing tub moment and the husband would get a full shower in there, like a separate, two separate things. Sure. So it was like, okay, here's what you asked for. Here's the solution that will work in the mm-hmm. current footprint. But like, what if more. we do this? And then, but it's like such a bigger solution that they went for that. So I, mean, I think it helps. Really, it's a value thing, right? They, yeah. You have to show them you if the tub is worth that much to you, 
you're going to dig deep and find the money. Like if that's what you really do. And I think that's versus the husband not having a shower and having to go down the hall or a different part of the house. Like, yeah. So I do think sometimes it makes sense to like stretch people and show them because they never would have thought of it, which they hadn't. That's like my old insurancey salesy quote, which is price is only a factor in the absence of value. Wait one more time. Price is only a factor in the absence of value. They only care how much it costs when it's not what they really want or doesn't give them what they need. But if they get what they want and it's all their dreams and you're solving pain points for them, the price suddenly seems worth it. It seems like, well, that's okay. Like, I really want a tub. A tub is life or death for me. So if you give me a tub... And I've never had a nice tub. And I'm in my I've dreamt my whole life. Yeah. I've gone 50 years without a really nice tub. tub. lady. Like, like, you deserve this. When else are you going to get it? Not. So, I don't know. So, I do think, like, there is a place to play with pushing the design sometimes with the risk of pushing budget. Sure. If you're not... If you're able to do that in a way that's not, like taking extra hours and they're paying they're paying for you to like i don't know do a school project (laughs) you know like you're you're not doing a case study here like this is someone's real house and money and they are paying you unless you're on flat rate and you've got those concepts included in the roll-up like good for you but for most of us we don't have time to create multiple designs over and over right or ridiculous like i always like this works probably for interior design students as well but like in my graphic design days we'd always have like design students bringing their portfolios and it's like okay that's great that you designed a pack of cards with like four kinds of foil Oh, oh yeah, yeah, and letterpress and all this stuff, but that's not how it works in the real world. Like we don't have those kinds of clients with budgets. Like, yeah, yeah. You have can to design you show us the real thing. You have to design with real materials. Yeah, draw, draw me some pots. that can be built. Yeah, <laughs> give me a matchbook. Draw right me now. black and white. Yeah. So, what are your tips for people that just don't feel comfortable talking about budgets? I think having some type of rip off the band-aid somewhere where you're not the one having to do it yourself helps. So whether it's your first inquiry form where you rip off the band-aid or it's after they schedule the call, you send out a guide or something with stuff in it. Like when they schedule, when my discovery calls get scheduled, my investment guide goes with it. And that has project budgets and rates and fees. Yeah, that's a good point because that is a way that I got over some of this stuff is through automation Mm -hmm. and getting things out of people through questionnaires or yeah, you just put it in your onboarding or whatever. But I think getting some of that information through questionnaires also made me realize like, okay, these are like, these numbers are normalized. Like you're like personally get acclimated to these numbers. Yeah, and not everything's like shock and awe. And it gives clients an opportunity to marinate on them without you, because this isn't you're not the Sherpa of money conversations. That's not your. We're not setting the price of renovations. Like, you're, and you're not their financial advisor, and you're not any of that. And that's not your job. Like your job is to show them, like I can give you 
the type of project and the beauty you're describing and the function you're describing. And it sounds like it's going to be in this range or... And you could just blame it on contractors <laughs> and supply chains and, and materials. Honestly, how much do you... I think part of what's really helped me is asking contractors who I work with and even asking other designers. And, and you asked me this earlier today. Did you work out the cost per square foot or cost per linear foot on something to see what range it was in? And I think we should be doing that. Like cabinetry, like, cause it's changing so much. But I do think like cabinetry, if yeah. you're doing a kitchen, is obviously like the biggest expense with yes. appliances. And is there a shorthand? Like, I had a contractor once that had a linear foot that he could just rattle off. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and I think a lot of that's regional and also quality driven. So you got to, as a designer, it's our job to do the research to know stuff like that. And you can do regional research. Like there are literally Googleable things that will help you feel more confident where you're like, my big thing is it's not my number. I'm not, I'm not getting this number that up. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not telling you that, that you, I'm creating the cost of that cabinet. That is what they cost. That is what the average remodels are. That is how much the average consumer spends. That I think the more that we remove ourselves from it personally, then we didn't make up that number. It's great if we can talk about averages or past projects or that portfolio project you see of mine was a $130,000 kitchen. I think that's great to be able to say because then it's not you doing it. But if there is like some combination of that with your own firm's minimum standards mm -hmm. and like what you recommend and why yeah. and standing behind it. I think that's your investment guide. But like also just your project. education, like why, why will you only do this type of cabinetry and this type of plumbing fixture or finish yeah. or whatever it is. Certain tiles or something. Yeah. And which does drive the cost up for the client. Like we're not making that money. It's not like in our pockets, but it's, our minimum recommendation, yeah, which aesthetic, can make us more expensive. Aesthetic for what we will produce. Right. It's like, I'm sorry, I'm not putting the dollar a square foot floor tile in your house. Like it's aesthetically not going to be what I want, functionally not. And it doesn't, it's not going to read as expensive as the tub you want to put on top of it or the sinks you want. Like, And yeah, that's just... No, just, for that's me. just what it is, and I think the more we can get to the this is this is what it is. I'm not, I'm not telling this you this is to what feel it bad, is and this is what I work with. Yeah. yeah, like deciding that level because that is where the bougie designer ideal kind of comes into play. Mm -hmm. And like, like your Heidi right Collier like, is not doing a twenty five thousand dollar bathroom. Yeah, and she's like, not a bougie designer. I mean, she is, but not in a bad way. Yeah. She just has like a level of craftsmanship that she will yeah. only work with because she can no no project project set her standard at that height. No, no project, project should, should regress. Like if anything, we should always be maintaining or leveling up. And I think any, for any designer, you need to say, what's my minimum I can do? And like, I guess I just mean when it comes to like construction and materials, like what's your baseline? And where do you start talking about your pricing or the pricing of the projects you work on? Because oh. there's your design fee, 
which is one thing. Yeah. And then there's the like kind of world you live in. Yeah. I can't see anything, any remodel. We can't really even talk about it unless it's north of a hundred thousand minimum. Like I don't, I know every part of the country is different, but I think for where you are and where I am, like how I can't get a kitchen done for less than a hundred around here anymore. And I can't get the other part is I can't get contractors. That's based to pay, on the contractors you want. I can't get contractors to pay attention to jobs around here because there's so many big jobs happening. I can't get them to pay attention to a master bathroom that's tiny or See, like you is could, less. Than so that's my point is you could if you were willing to work with contractors that had. If, if I, I could, could work, work with, with a job. guy who does tile instead of a tile mason, if I could, like that's. Those or are bad the types quality, of, like you're just not going to. Or like, they're shitty people. <laughs> yeah. Like, like I don't want to do the let, let me just come in and bang it out, and I got a guy who can do demo, and yeah, I got a guy who can like do electrical, yeah. and it's like no, I I as Renstead Interiors cannot be involved with that job where you're probably going to have tiles popping off the wall in a few years. Like I can't have that. I can't have that reputation. I don't want the risk. And that, unfortunately, that means... Your name attached to it. Yeah, the minimum level moves up. And I don't... I I don't feel as bad about that anymore as I used to. And even in like past episodes, going back to 2020, I had a lot of deliberation and like trepidation about that. And the last couple of years has really broke me down. Like I don't... The emotion is gone now. It's uh, This is an average cost per square foot that's average and normal for our area. If you're not on board with that, you guys said your kitchen is, you know, 500 square feet. That's beautiful. 500 square feet of remodeling at, you know, $300 a square foot. Boom. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, that's yeah. that's a number. And you could pick below, you could pick higher and people, yeah, they do freak out a little bit. They're like, oh, that seems really high. But that's like aligning values. Like if they, if if the value's not there for them, then that's not a match. So it's pretty straightforward if you have the conversations pretty right away. And then also you can like, see where their values are. Every call is a good time to do it because I'm not face to face. Like it's so much easier to have that where you're not playing that game of chicken. Like you said, where you're in person staring and. You know, and I have had clients in person who do the same thing where they're like, I can't believe that's what that would cost. But I also don't do remodels and I'm not working in this all day. So the more we are leveraged as the expert where we say, I'm working on all these jobs. This is what we do all day. It's cute. You asked your neighbor about something. I'm telling you that doesn't, that doesn't align with what we're seeing. Like, or what I'm or you working did a, on. You did or what quick, I want to work on. Yeah, you did a little Google search. That's cute. Like, oh my God, the neighbors. So bringing it up early and often? Yeah, and I think taking the charge out of it because, I don't know. I don't, I don't ever want to ask somebody about budget and have it feel like I'm going to tweak my numbers based on it. Like I'm somehow... Or how much do you have for this sofa? Or like they're Ooh, lowballing like, me because they want me to come in at a lower number. Like that's just not how it works. Like I want to come across in my business and be consistent. And this is what my part of the project costs. And the rest of the construction part is out of my hands. Like, yeah. Do you ever do with clients like 
a role into a number, like show them like kind of like a quick math. Have you ever done that where you just say like, okay, you just told me you have 150,000 to spend. You take out my $10,000 in design fees. So we have, we have X now. And then we need a 10% contingency for construction. So we're going to just pop that off. So you actually have this. And then I sometimes like watch the face like of people when I'm like quick mathing it on a notebook so they can see the numbers. And then they go, oh. And then that's where it's helpful to go. Let's just say, you know, $1,000 per window for cheap windows. And people go, but I don't want cheap windows. Well, I'm just going to put that like then... It's like funny to watch that go where you say, okay, you were just like, I'm not handing this to them ever, like a bid, but it's like, let's just say you want countertops. You maybe need two slabs in here. I don't know, seven grand. Okay. And you're just like growing it. And it's funny to watch that realization of like, okay, so with this number, you could remodel a kitchen that's a hundred square feet. And they're like, well, ours is 200. You're like, well, <laughs> that's what I'm doing this for. I'm yeah. doing this to show you. Like, is this number flexible? And it's up to them. Yeah, like, like I'm trying to show you. You you gave me an all in number, and I'm telling you now what that gets you. Like, you you either come back with more, or we do less if I want to. Like, right. I think the more confident you get with some of those off the cuff numbers, and you do have to just build it. Like, you just have to do enough jobs, talk to enough contractors, talk to enough other designers in your area. Yeah, I, I know the other thing I was going to mention. So if you're not talking about a construction project and it's more just decor and um, design mm-hmm. of existing spaces, this happens to me a lot. I just had this call actually last week where I asked what was, because they listed off, they rattled off like a lot of different rooms that needed some zhuzh or like complete like rethinking. Yeah. So I'm like, what kind of budget range are you thinking for this? And they're like, we don't know. We don't know what this all costs. We've never done this before. Yeah. And I didn't hadn't done a consultation yet, so I don't didn't know like exactly what I thought they would need. So that's where the decorating budget guide. Thank you. <laughs> I took it. I'm like, you know what? Available in our resources. Why don't you guys take? I'm going to send you a calculator. I'm going to send you your own copy. And do what you want. Do what you want. You guys fill it out together and kind of start seeing where these numbers mm-hmm. end up. And then you give me the number. And when we do our consult, you'll have we'll something. Know. Yeah. Because by, by then, then they can self select out, oh, that's added up way more than we want. Because so, I said, like, maybe we just focus on one room so you have like a finished yeah. moment. And one of them said, oh, yeah, we, I love, I live for a before and after. I'm like, okay, well, you're not going to get that unless you. Completely fit. Yeah, complete one room. I can't ten percent ten rooms, but I can one hundred percent one for you. Well, I can ten percent ten rooms, but it's not going to give you a before and after. You're not going to have the ooh la la fantasy. You're barely going to notice it. Yeah, you want me to fifty fifty two rooms? You're still not going to have the ooh la la. So we like, can do a hundred in one room, and then maybe like twenty thirty in a few others, just to get you more functional. But I'm not going to necessarily count that as yeah. If I'm if I'm reworking like if I'm reworking like a primary bedroom, hundred percent. And you want me to throw on 10, 10 grand more and some lights yeah. and I can make my markup? I'm, I'm not going to say no. Like, oh, you want a rug in the living room? Like, I'm going to, I will do the, you want fries with that? Or you want me to update the bedding in your guest room while we're ordering the bedding for your yeah, primary bedroom? Totally. 
come talk to Papa. And like, they're I will... going to be happy because they got their full happy meal. Yeah. yeah. They got the, the hundred. Yeah. But I still get some cross-sell opportunity with the little ancillary budget so, that they like have. So, like, that budget calculator, it just is a, like, lets them, like, and gives them a tabulation at the end yeah. that they're like, do I like that number? Do I not? Let me back some things yeah. out. Or, like, let's practice it if we do everything to other smaller rooms. Or, like, I like that because it is dynamic. Like, they really do get to work with it. And so that's me. Those are, like... For me, those are all in the entry level steps of projects. Before I've even, so I've had a consultation with them. I shot that off to them. They'll probably do it over. And then you go to the consult, and hopefully they've got some real shit that you can do. Yeah, and it gave them like some homework, and not just looking at me like you don't know what it costs because well, yeah. they don't. Like, and it's you not... avoid the awkwardness of being there while they do it. Like, if you brought a paper version or something, right. it's just like you. I don't want to stand here while and you. I don't guys... want you to like give me some like pumped up number because you want to look cool. I don't know, or not be embarrassed. Yeah, or they're aiming low because they're so freaked out because they never thought that a buffet cabinet could cost so much. Like, I don't want to deal with the shock in person. And I love it, them doing it on their own because they're like, wait, what? A buffet cabinet? $4,000? And they Google, Google it. Yeah. Thank you. Then they Google and they start looking at ones they like and ones they don't like and they realize, oh, wait a minute. Like... So that's another great way to talk about money without talking about money and starting to just get practical about it. Let's get practical. Yeah, because it's the, practically the Let's only get way. To- practical, practical. I want to get practical. And that is, unless your clients are, so I guess you need to be comfortable talking about money. So your mm-hmm. clients are comfortable talking about money with you. Yes, bring that train to the station. And we're all just like part of our own investment. We're part of their investment team in their home. Like, yes, it really needs to feel like that. Yes. We're like caretakers and respecting of their hard earned money, like one way or another. We're We're not not the enemy. No. (laughs) I mean, it shouldn't ever feel that way. So it has to be like neutralized in a safe space early on. Yeah. Yeah. I do, I, and I'm like, all of this is to say it doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen fast. It doesn't mean it's easy. I would get jittery as a teller having to talk with people about bounce checks or that kind of stuff. Like it was, it was filled with anxiety because I, I was living my story about how it would be for me to hear it. And eventually, how could I help a client through that or a customer through that if I wasn't able to think clearly? So that's our job as designers. And I, okay. And that also makes me think of finding respect, making sure finding respectful words and tones. Like I had a client's check bounce this year and she's good for the money. And it was like a money market transfer kind of a thing. Yeah. Yeah, Like it didn't move fast enough. And then the check got there first. I didn't email her and be like, um, Hey, your check bounced. What's up with that? Yeah. It's like, you know, your check got returned to me. Like, I know you've been traveling. It's fine. Just let me know what you want to do. And I'll get the order placed when I figure it out. When you figure it out. Yeah. There's no blame. There's no, but there's also the, there's no moving forward until this is settled. Cause I'm not, buying. And that's not even punitive. That's, that's just no. saying like, Hey, if this you want to just, happening. if you just want to send me money, Another way, or yeah, like, I think I did. I can do a transfer or come by and pick up another check whenever you're back in town. Yeah, yeah. 
Because I also I feel so maybe that's also part of this perspective that I definitely have is shit happens. Shit, yeah, like literally <laughs> shit happens. Like this stuff happens. You forgot to move a transfer on time, or you were expecting a bunch of payments to come in. You forgot to tell me, like, hey, this has to transfer, so, like, wait till yeah, Tuesday. Hold for, I meant to tell you hold for two days. I, I wrote it, but I have the e-transfer coming through. Yeah. Like, if you've lived enough life, you know that this is normal stuff, and, and it doesn't matter, and it can feel very personal until you've had a few happen, where it's just, like, we sometimes think it's earth-shattering, and it's not and it's an everyday occurrence and even for me when clients like haven't paid invoices like i don't freak out when it's been a week because people are busy and they have kids and they have families and they have shit going on and so i never jump in with the like it's been a week where's my money it's just been like this is a friendly reminder like let me know if you have any questions i'm here to help and i've had clients go oh my god that's so embarrassing it was two weeks i'm like you don't need to feel embarrassed because I don't. And I don't, there's nothing going on. Like, it's fine. I don't want you to feel that way because shit happens. They had two kids and one got COVID. Yeah, don't and be one, embarrassed, but also like, let's keep this moving. Just move on. Like, <laughs> hey, it's no big deal. Just, you can make a payment online or you can send me the check. Whatever you want to do. Yeah, because like we're the luxury service like, of, let me make it easy for you to less, get me your And money. the less awkwardness we put around things, the less they feel because they also know, okay, it's not the end of the world. There no. isn't anything to be embarrassed about. This is a normal conversation. And after you've clear, ripped the bandaid off from those, you get so much more frank conversation. And I've had clients say that to me. They're like, I love this. It's expensive. Do you really think we're going to find another one we're going to love as much for that, for a price that's less? And I go, no. And they're like, okay, I just needed to hear it. And they move on. They want to be talked into stuff. They yeah. want there, and they know I'm going to pay you what per hour. Like the more we have the conversation, the easier it gets. It doesn't mean that it's not some because, level of sticker shock. For I mean, people, yeah, because that like back to like always talking about it. It's like if somebody's wanting you to keep going back to the well, looking for a new selection. It's like, okay, yes, I can look again, but just remember, like my hourly fee is happening we're as still, well. We're so still charging for that. So you're making this more expensive every time I go back. Yeah. So it's not It's not just me coming back with a Sneaky 500. Bill. I can bring you back a chandelier that's $500 cheaper, but it's it also took me an hour to find it. So you didn't really save $500. Times three times. Yeah, like that. you didn't save 500, you saved $300. Now you or, just could have bought an $800 one in the beginning and but if you say that and make it kind of a joke, like just let and them. And I have done that during presentations. Yeah. They're like, oh, is this sconce seems really pricey. And I'm like, it is. But, you know, it's really beautiful. It's like everything you guys told me that you wanted next to your bed. That's just what it costs. Like, I could go find a cheaper one. It's going to be uglier and cheaper. And then they're like, no, no, I don't, I don't want but that. But also, I don't want that. Like, costs what my... You just added on the price of another yeah. hour. Like you time. can, and I, and you say like, well, you can pay me to go find another one. It will be uglier and cheaper and it will probably cost you another $175. Like, <laughs> and then they're like, no, 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 this let's, one's actually fine. Like, let's, let's just move along. Let's continue. And I think in the face of like really clear logic like that, clients know that we are comfortable with this. And we are also being good stewards of their money yeah. by saying that. Because I could easily resource something five, six, seven times and get paid 
and, and never make them aware of it and yeah, be, yeah. feel like just you're add being it on the in, just add it on the invoice keep putting just it on there add your bill like so nah. in summary i think it's talk about it early let's talk, talk about it often i feel like this is like sex ad or something it's let's talk about money baby let's talk about you and me yeah talk about it early talk about it often like make it not it's an nbd topic like it cannot be taboo yeah and yeah be a respectful steward from the beginning i'm 100 percent. designers got to do it it's part of the job it's part of selling it's part of maintaining our business and maintaining trust and getting trust which also converts early like if you have their trust from the beginning then they know they're in good hands they're Mm going to say yes more and not be nervous nellies that, that you're and you probably you don't know what you're doing. You'll probably have a few you fuck up and it's fine. Like you'll keep going. You'll yeah. You'll get knocked down, you'll get back up again. Like Tumbawamba, Tumbawamba. Yeah, exactly. It's a it's a song episode, y'all. Like apparently we've got a we've got radio on the mind. But yeah, you get knocked down, you get up again. Tub thumpa? Tub thumpa? You just do another one. You're going to the next client, you're going to say, "Well, we'll try another pitch one more time." Like you got to do, you got to do, I feel like that's every project. You got to do them a lot until you get really good at it. You got to, that's how it is. And when in doubt, just like adopt a new personality, pretend you're somebody else. <laughs> like, uh, like Deb on Flipping yes. Out, where it was really Jenny and she's like, pretend you're Portia. Oh, God, that's not expensive. That's There's a some beautiful high end designers. This is a beautiful chandelier, Portia. Oh God! She's not worried about money, so. Oh, just buy it, Portia. Oh yeah. Oh, it's beautiful. <laughs> oh my God. Is that that was frozen? That wasn't White Lotus. Anyway, you know, designers. Let's just 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 do it. It's money. You got it. It's easy. That's how you got to live. Start the new year right. You know, whatever your resolution is. Just talk about money. And until next time. Stay hot, designers. Thanks for listening to the Hot Young Designers Club podcast. For more on what we talked about today, check out the show notes. Your support helps us grow, so share with your design besties. And subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Our conversations continue on Instagram. And be sure to download our monthly resources on our website and our Patreon. 